That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Hey everyone, quick announcement before we get into this week's episode. For those of you who don't know, I have officially launched my new group coaching course called Launch Your Business Bootcamp. This 10-week program is for aspiring business owners and side hustlers to gain clarity, get organized, and fast-track their journey to freedom and flexibility alongside other like-minded go-getters. Whether you're ready to leave the 9-to-5 corporate world for good or you simply just want to grow and legitimize your current side hustle, this course will help you build with confidence and ease. I've already confirmed five amazing guest coaches to chat about mindset, business systems, LLC formation, bookkeeping and finances, and ideal client and offer creation. We start on January 31st, and all podcast listeners get $200 off enrollment just by being a fan of the podcast. So simply DM me on Instagram or Facebook, or shoot me an email if you're ready to make massive moves in 2022. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I am super excited for today's guest because it's the first guest that I literally have never met in my entire life. Although it feels like we've met because uh, we talk on Instagram, we go back and forth a lot and I'm just really excited to have you on Kimmy. So, Hey, Hey, thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome. So let's just get right into it. Um, First, before I ask you my first question, we met because you emailed me, right? It was kind of yeah. like a cold email. And usually I just like delete those because I'm like, what is this? I don't know who you are, but I can't <laughs> even remember what it was about it, but the way that you reached out and like your personality shined through. And I was like, I think I need to like keep this person in my back pocket. I really <laughs> liked your vibe. And I think I was the one who was like, are you on Instagram? Because I'm on Instagram and I like to connect with people there. So that's how we got connected. So tell everyone what you do, Kimmy. So I am a freelance copywriter and I specialize in website copy, but I'm honestly learning so much as I do the job that it's kind of expanding. Like this week I'm doing product descriptions, which I didn't think I would be doing. Um, so I do like blog posts, email marketing, that sort of thing. So, and I think, I don't remember what I pitched you for. I want to say it was like website copy or blog writing. Website. Yeah. Yeah. I get that's so, actually on my list of to do's. So you oh, might yeah. be hearing from me. <laughs> I need a revamp. I get so many no's or like dead silence from cold pitching. So when you wrote back and you're like, are you on Instagram? I was like, yeah, like I just like making connections. So it's nice that like this has turned into a friendship because I genuinely love keeping up on all your like tank adventures that you have. And I just love seeing like people's personality that like show their face on Instagram. So 
Totally. And we'll, we'll get into more of that as we go along, I'm sure. So I am curious about when you started your business, were you really hyped up on trying to think of like a business name or like how, how was that process for you? Did you just want to like get going and start freelancing or did you focus on that at all? So for my name, I actually, it's just Kimberly Heaney LLC, which is like mine. Last name. Yeah. yeah. And I, it was kind of because I didn't know what direction I was going when I first got my LLC. And I was like, I just want to keep it as open as possible to changes. And like, there's so much that goes into the legal side of things when you're owning a business. And it's so, yeah. I, I'm always scared I'm going to mess up. So it was like just as basic <laughs> as possible and like open to possibilities. So it was really, I just wanted something that was my first and last name, but I've seen a lot of copywriters that have an LLC and then they do business as whatever their copywriting thing is. So it's a little easier to find. So I'm open to a name change, name change, but for now it was kind of just like, I wanted to get started as soon as possible. And that was kind of the advice that I was hearing was like, if you don't know, just start with your first and last name. You can always change it later. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. That's the advice that I got too. And I think people think it's kind of funny that I didn't really focus on my logo as much as I probably (laughs) should, but I I thought the same thing. I was like, I just want to get started. And once I have a good idea of what I'm going to be offering, then maybe we'll dive into a name that's a little bit more creative or interesting. Um, So what is your thought process whenever you're like, for example, like your website, like what, what goes into the visuals for that? And what are you keeping in mind when you're doing anything visual for yourself? Yeah, I think it's same with like the logo, like we're talking about, I don't even have a set logo. And I think that's just because I knew that if I focused on that, that's where all my time would go. And I would never start. Like I loved having the perfect plan and it just, it never works. So I think with visuals for my website, I just really wanted something that I liked looking at. And I was like, I know that's probably like, I'm supposed to be thinking about like my ideal client, but it's like, if I'm going to be staring at this for like at least a year before I change it, I really want to have something that I enjoy. So a lot of the images are honestly straight off my vision board. Like I love the dark greens. I really wanted something that was just felt very like Slytherin, like my vibe and I was like, <laughs> people that find it will probably like it if we get yeah. along. So yeah. I think it was definitely something where I was like, I, when I first started my business, I was actually a virtual assistant and it was everything about everyone else. And I was so lost in it. Cause I was trying to make everyone like what I was doing. And so this time around, I was kind of like, you know what, what do I like looking at? What's fun for me? And also my sister's a website designer. So it's kind of nice to have That's that. Like, helpful. <laughs> yeah. To have that, like in my back pocket is like, does this look good? Does that not look good? So I think just really the decisions that I made were, I wanted everything on one page. I just wanted it kind of to be like a sales landing page where you didn't have to do like a lot of scrolling. And then also just something that I liked looking at that felt true to me. And it's honestly like, it's, I've built a few websites, like designed them. And this is my favorite one. Cause it's just, it feels like I'm not trying to do it for other people anymore. So that's awesome. And something that I haven't discussed with anyone yet on the podcast is Well, I mean, maybe in in some off-base ways, but obviously you are a copywriter. So verbal identity is super important for you, but not only you, everyone else's brand. So I assume that you put more focus probably on what you were saying in your messaging too. 
Totally. Yeah. That's something too, that with copywriting, like your website is part of your resume and your portfolio. So if they like the way that it flows and your calls to actions, that sort of thing, I think it's a really good representation. And that was another huge piece of advice that I like really stuck with me with copywriting was just remember like any email you send, any website you put out, that is a direct reflection of your writing. So make it something that you think people would enjoy that like feels natural. So yeah, that was definitely something too. I think like personalized calls to action is something that, so like the, if people don't know the call to action is like whatever button you press to go to a sale or sign up for emails. And so having ones that felt like me that were funny, that were like more casual, it was just like, it kind of feels like breaking the rules after working in the corporate world. Cause oh, it was yeah. so formal before. And now it's like, I swear when I send emails and like I send gifts and stuff. So I think <laughs> just the like, same. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and people remember it, you know, like, I think we talk about pickles on our first email and like, oh I my always God, think, you're right. <laughs> I think about pickles and I'm like, oh yeah, I know who she is. Like, so I think just making it as personal as possible and just remembering that it's a reflection of you, but that should also be a fun thing. It doesn't have to be a scary thing. Yeah, that's, that's super, super smart. I know when I make landing pages for all the courses I make and stuff, the call to action buttons are always the hardest part for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I feel like I say, let's do this, like every button. And then I go totally. back and I'm like, I need to not repeat this like a million yeah. times in a row. I, and honestly, like as a copywriter, I'll have people look over the calls to action. Cause it's the same thing. I'll be like, I want to go do that. Or like, let's hit whatever I say. Like I say it over and over and I'm like, this sounds dumb when I say it 16 times in a row. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's like a, everyone has that problem with calls to action. Okay, good. I'm not alone then. So what, so you just mentioned that you were a virtual assistant. What got you into copywriting and what were the events that led you to to go freelance? So it was kind of like two different forks in the road happened that led me down here. So the first was when I was in grad school, I was working in a logistics company and it was like an office job, very standard. And it was my first job that required my college degree. And I hated it. Like it was just, I, it like, <laughs> it took you. no time at all. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I instantly was like, I don't think I like it here. And I was only there for about six months and I was listening to a podcast kind of like this called don't keep your day job. And it was all I've about that like, one. yeah, it's real. It's like exactly this kind of vibe. It's like how people got where they're going. And it was so inspirational. And I just kept thinking like, okay, if everyone can do it, that's probably something that I could eventually figure out. So I said, within five years, I want to work for myself. And I just hated that job so much that I made it like six months and I had to quit and I had no plans. Like I, all my coworkers were like, where are you going? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I just hate it here. So here I go. <laughs> I'm not going and here. I, yeah. <laughs> and I quit the week before lockdown and I had no oh, idea wow. what was coming. Yeah. So I like not the greatest move, but I, I didn't know, like we were talking about having to work from home and I was like, fingers crossed. Like, cause I hate it here. I'd love to work from home. And I quit. And like two or three weeks after I quit, my whole department got fired. So oh. I was like, it was, it felt very meant to be, Babe, I was like, yeah. not supposed to be there. And I started a virtual assistant. That's when I started my LLC. And it was, I think in like the summer and I had three failed sales calls. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, this isn't my career. Like, which is nothing like now that I'm a copywriter, I send out hundreds of cold pitches and just right. for like radio silence. And I'm fine with that. So 
I basically tried it for like two months, didn't work. And then I let my LLC just like sit for a year, like a hundred. I was like, I'm a business owner, but I don't make any money. I don't know what to do. I was like paralyzed with fear. And then, and honestly, I didn't even know what a copywriter was before I started. Like, and I think that's really common. Like like, people think that I trademark stuff or that I'm like an editor. And once I started learning about copywriting, I was like, okay, I think I think this might be a great fit because I've always wanted to be a writer and it's working for myself. I have an LLC and I was still scared. So I actually finished grad school and then I went to go apply at this job that I used to have, which was at a, it's kind of like Whole Foods here in like the Portland area. Um, And I loved it. I worked there in college. I was like a supervisor. I worked in their corporate department, loved all parts of it. And I applied for a part-time produce position. I was like, easy. I have been a manager. I can do part-time produce, nailed the interview. And I was like, so cocky. I was like, I'm going to have this little part-time job and then I'm going to write and it's going to be great. And like, they call, I was like telling everyone I was going back to work at this place and they called me and they're like, yeah, we found someone else. We don't want to hire you. Oh I was, my. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was so like, I just, I was so cocky about it. And as soon as it <laughs> happened, I like talked to my family and I was like, I think that's a sign I'm supposed to do copywriting full-time. Like I, <laughs> right. Like this is the universe being like, stop sleeping on your dreams. Go do the thing you're supposed to do. And within like a month I made like, and this is not, I just like want to be transparent about like money. I made what I would have made in six months at that part-time job in the first month of doing this. And I was like, that's what happens when you actually show up for like what you want to do, not what you think is like the safe option, you know? So since then I've just like buckled down, haven't looked back, very happy with this decision. (laughs) Oh my God. That's amazing. So why do you think you like copywriting so much specifically? I think, you know, someone said that if you've ever convinced someone in an argument of something, you can do copywriting. And I was like, done. I love it. I love to like, (laughs) I'm good at enabling people to shop. Like I love to convince people of my side of the argument. I was like, I have always been a talker and I've always loved writing. And so Mm -hmm. it's also fun because I was an English major in college. And so, and then I went to grad school and it was all academic writing. It was very, very, very different. Oh yeah. It totally different from what I'm used to. And so it kind of felt like the way that I've always wanted to write, like very conversational, funny, like you really get, especially working with like coaches, that sort of thing. You really get to talk about their brand and it's so much more fun than academic writing. So I think just knowing that it was a skill that I had, but also it was something that I was so not used to and like excited to learn that side of it. And it's been so much more fun than like my whole college writing career. That's awesome. I can imagine it's similar to design where you have the freedom to work in like different industries and on different types of projects. Like there's just so much that you can do with it. It's not like you just do one thing. Like I know my days are so different every day I wake up, it's a different project or a different client. That's something that I love about the design world that I think is probably very similar to the copyright. Oh my God, totally. And that's like, especially because I like, I started working with like coaches, um, photographers, like very like one person business or like one or two people in the business. And then my like most recent client is a brand that's at Ulta and like Costco and like a big beauty brand. And it's totally different vibes, but I love that. Cause sometimes I really do like to sit down and do like full website design where I'm getting to know the person. Other times it's nice to have a big brand be like, Hey, these are the keywords we want, figure it out. Like it totally, whatever mood I'm in that week, I'm like, I love this. Like sometimes I don't want to talk to people all day. So I like the clients that just send stuff over email, 
Um, and, and then other times I love having like a two hour brand call with someone. So very similar to design and like work with same way, totally different. Yeah. Yeah. The exact same way. Cause a lot of designers are like, I only want to do logos and branding. And I'm more like, I'll do the logos and the branding, but I also really like the technical, like I'm just copying and pasting things into a template, like yeah. production work. <laughs> Cause I can do other things at the same time. And it's like, it's a good yeah. balance to have both. So I totally get that. So in the, the copywriting world or that industry, is there, are there any pet peeves that you have? Ooh, that's a good question. I think mine, my biggest, and I honestly, I don't see it that much in copywriters. Like they're a very chill group, I will say. Uh, but I think just like in any kind of industry, but I've kind of seen it in copywriting, it's just gatekeeping information that like doesn't need to be kept for anyone. Like I am just such a believer and like, there's room for everyone at the table and like your success is not going to be dampened by someone else having success. And so I think like, and my sister, so she's a, like I said, a website designer and she was trying to find something, how to do something on show it. And she was like, I've watched 10 YouTube videos and no one has given me the actual answer. It's like all oh leading down this rabbit hole to get somewhere else. And like, I would buy their program or totally. work with them to find out. Yeah, exactly. And like, I believe in coaching. I believe in programs, but like, sometimes you can just tell someone on like Instagram how to find a button, you know? And so I think just people that gatekeep information that in, in like more of a scarcity way where like, they don't want you to take their success. I'm like, you guys, there are, everyone uses copy. Like especially getting into copywriting, you realize that every single product you use has copywriting in some form around it. And I'm like, no matter what you share, you're going to find clients. And also like three to five clients is a full-time thing. Like you would be fully booked out with three to five clients and no one's going to take your clients. So I think just people not being transparent about that kind of stuff just is like, it's kind of a bummer, but when you find the people that are really open to like sharing and helping, it makes such a difference. Like it's, it's been so helpful on this journey. Yeah. That's been a a big lesson that I've learned because in the beginning of my career, I was very insecure and I didn't want to connect with other designers or like show them my work because I was afraid that they were going to judge me for it. Mm -hmm. And then I've had some mentors tell me to just like lighten up. (laughs) And also that there's, there's more, there's more room at the table than, than we think there is. There's, there's enough work for everyone to go around. Um, and I've actually had so many positive experiences with other designers. And now that I'm further along in my career, there are projects and industries and clients that I do not want to work on. So now I have all these people who are fantastic at what they do, who do things similarly like I do. And I can refer these people to these other business owners and and help build their business. And that's been super empowering for, for my business. So that is such a like nice thing too, that like, I was the same way. Like I hated showing people my work, which is so funny because I'm like expecting to get paid for it, but I'm like, nobody look at it. Like don't (laughs) look at what I'm doing. So and like, yeah, like once you share it, it's not scary. And also like you're saying, there's, there are niches that I would not touch with a 10 foot pole, but like, I'm happy to have friends that can do Like I have a friend who's a copywriter and she does like dungeons and dragons kind of stuff and like board game copy. It's like, it's so cool and nerdy and I know nothing about it. And so it's nice to just be like, you would love this client. I don't know how to write for them. And like, you just have that. And like, also just having people just to kind of look over your copy and ask for help. Like you have to be vulnerable to get that help, but it's so valuable once you have it. Yeah, I I had a client email me about a logo design today and they were like, I want the font to be less formal. 
And I was like, I don't know what that means. Confusing. And so I messaged my friend who's a designer and I was like, do you know what this means? <laughs> and she was like, maybe something like with a little more personality or something. And then I showed them some more fonts and they were like, yeah, these are much better. I was like, Thank goodness I have. <laughs> Someone person. has to speak their language in your group. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I clearly don't speak their language, but my friend clearly does. So that's, <laughs> that's such a good point. <laughs> so I, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but I want to hear your response. So do you have trouble infusing your personal life into your business like talking with your clients, but also on Instagram or social media, like where is the line for you? There's no line. <laughs> so That's what I thought. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like we're very similar on our social medias and like, I keep wanting to delete Instagram. I've been on many rants. I know. I'm this. so glad you haven't though. <laughs> oh my God. I get, literally it's the reels that suck me in. And I, I even hate them because I feel like they're knockoff TikToks, but like, I love making I them. I just, I love watching friends make reels. I think it's so funny. And so I, yeah, there's no line, which also I don't have a personal Instagram. So it does kind of play as my personal Instagram. And like that might have something to do with it, but also it's just this, like when I was a virtual assistant, same thing. I was so polished on there. I was very like almost not myself. I was like a boss babe kind of girl on there. And like, and there, cause I just thought you, yeah, like I totally thought that's what you had to do. I was seeing all these people with so much success, like 10,000 followers, and I have 300 followers. Like the pressure is not on me to be perfect right. at all. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not trying to pretend I'm an influencer, but yeah, no, I like share my political beliefs and which has totally, I won't even say backfired, but like it has caused me to lose followers. Yeah. But in my opinion, I'm like, that's fine. Like we're, if we're not aligned in that way, we might not be great working together. So like, that's okay. You will find your perfect copywriter. I will find my perfect client. Um, but no, I am like so informal on my Instagram, but I just, it feel it's fun. Like, I just want it to stay fun. I never want it to feel like work. So when it starts feeling like work, that's kind of when I'm like not having as much fun with Instagram as I could, or like, if I'm not being my authentic self. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, clearly your personality drew me in. <laughs> so it's definitely I, I think like if I were to have one copywriter who I don't know anything about their personal life and then you, I'm going to choose you because I feel like <laughs> I know you and we align in our beliefs and how we work. And like, I, I just think it's so much easier to make a buying decision when you know the person. Um, oh my God, totally. How does that translate into when you're like working one-on-one with a client? Do you share like personal stuff there or is it more surface level? I think it's, it depends on the client. Like I'm honestly open to share. I'm like open to share with anyone. I really like just, I just love sharing information and like joking around, but I think it depends on the client. Like I had a client that I worked with last month who was very, like we had a very professional relationship and it was like very nice and very sweet, but it wasn't like we were joking around that much. And I don't mind that. It's kind of like, I really wait to see kind of how they're feeling if they're more into like talking on sales calls or if they're kind of down to business. And I think too, it's definitely the smaller the business, the more they want to kind of talk and become friends sort of thing. And I love that the bigger businesses are more like you're the freelancer that we pay once a month, like kind of thing. And that's fine. So I think I'm very open to just getting to know people. And also it's really helped like with connections. Like there are people who will book consultations and I, I don't know them. They're like, Oh, so-and-so saw you on Instagram and like sent me your reel and wanted to talk sort of thing. So yeah, it's so crazy when people come to you like through Insta. Like again, I have 300 followers. Like that is minuscule in 
Instagram doesn't world. matter. It's about the yeah, engagement of them. Exactly. It's like whoever you're talking to, getting to know. And like, same when I am shopping small, if I'm looking for like designers, coaches, it's the people that I remember that I've interacted with on Instagram. Cause like, I'm not just going to go on this blind search. I love having people that I know. And so I think it's just, if anyone's worried about being themselves on Instagram, it will seriously help your business. Like it will not hurt it in the way that you think it's going to hurt it. I agree. I feel the same way. And I don't know if this is like just a weird thing that I think, but when I'm connected with someone who has like 10,000 followers or a ton of followers, I'm always like, I don't know. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm just like, they're like too like famous for me or I don't know. It's a weird thing. I have The, the less followers I'm like, I feel, I feel like I feel comfortable with this person. Totally. Cause sometimes it's like, they does feel like maybe you won't get like what you're looking for out of like a coach or uh, like anyone you're working with, if they have so many followers, especially if they're not engaged with their followers, I do totally get that vibe of like, maybe they're too busy for this right now. I don't know if I'm like intruding, but like when there's low followers, I'm like, they seem great. I would love to hire them. Right. You have the time for me. It seems like you would pay attention to, to me and my needs. Definitely agree with that. So what has been one of the biggest struggles for you in going freelance and owning your own business? I think, honestly, I think imposter syndrome, which is like, I probably every single business owner has said this answer before that, like, that is a huge part of running a business. But I think it's not even just like knowing that because imposter syndrome is going to be there every time you level up, like every new achievement, there is a new battle to fight. And so I think it's just kind of been like letting that come into my life and just saving space for imposter syndrome and like knowing that that's a sign that I'm on the right track. If I'm scared, I'm probably out of my comfort zone. I'm probably learning a new skill and just like allowing that to kind of be there with me. And also just copywriting is like cold pitch city. So you, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. You would get 500 no's for every one yes. And like, that is, I mean, honestly, probably people are better and like get more responses, but like you have to be open to having that many no's and just not letting it get to you because you just have to remind yourself that like three to five clients a month is usually full-time. Like, and even like website copy, I could take two clients a month and that would be completely booked out for me. So I think just knowing that it takes a lot of no's to get where you want and just knowing that imposter syndrome is never going to go away. And like, I have seen videos of like Lady Gaga doubting herself, Beyonce doubting herself. So I just saw myself like, if Beyonce can doubt herself, I can doubt myself because <laughs> Beyonce is perfect. And like, she doesn't even believe that she's perfect. And so just like allowing yourself to be human and doubt yourself, but just do the thing anyway, because that's the only way you're going to get through it. Yeah, that's really, really solid advice. I also want to talk about the cold emailing that you do, because I think that's the one kind of outreach that I have never done. Yeah. (laughs) And I think some people feel uncomfortable doing it. And I just, I guess I'm, I'm curious about what your philosophy is and why it works for, for you, or I don't know. I, I I just don't know anyone else who, who does it. So I'm curious about it. Yeah. It's definitely, it's not for every business. Like it's not, when I was a virtual assistant, it was very much like, let people come to you and like really do engagement through your social media. They will find you. And like cold pitching was kind of a taboo. It was like, that's too, it's too pushy. It's too salesy, which again, it's totally is for some businesses, but copywriting, it was like every copywriter I was studying, every class I was taking did cold pitching. Cause there are, there's like Upwork and Fiverr and like job boards and that sort of thing. And like, 
I, if you're on them, like no, no hate, but I, it is a race to the bottom. Like I yeah, am a I firm believer. But yeah. Those job boards. It's like you, I just want to like tell everyone on there that like you are worth so much more than what they're paying you. Exactly. Cause like I tried it for a few weeks and I was charging $20 and, a blog post and blog yeah. posts go for like $300. Like that's a very yeah. average price. And like companies will pay that, but the people also like the clients who are trying to pay as little as possible are really going to reflect that when you're working together. And like the ones that are willing to invest a little bit more, they understand the value of your product. So like stay off of and they're going to be more engaged and, and yeah. easier to work with. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's a content mill. Like those things are just like pumping out stuff. I'm just so against them, but cold pitching was something that I was, I'm not salesy. Like I think that I no. hate like car salesman. I'm just like, it felt very <laughs> skeevy at first. And like, I just didn't want to do it. And then I started like learning from other copywriters and everyone was saying that like, basically a lot of the times like email marketing or blogging, it's stuff that these companies want. They just don't have time for And they would yeah. love to just offload that. Like they would be happy. You know, for me, it's like cleaning. I would just, if I could just pay someone to come in and clean or like I pay a dog groomer cause I'm so bad at dog grooming. It is not a burden for me to pay that money. And so once I started looking at it like that, that like there are these really big companies that have marketing teams that they don't have time to write a thousand word blog posts. Like they're on to bigger and better things, but they know that blogs help their SEO. They just can't find time for it. So kind of the thing that I was taught is like, go to these companies, look, especially like bigger brands. Like when I do beauty brands, look at these websites that have dead blogs and like, clearly they wanted to, at some point, they just right. don't have the time. And so once I started viewing it as like, I'm really just filling a need and it's not, it doesn't have to be salesy. It's just a transaction. And also like, if I never hear from them again, it's not going to break my heart. And right. like, they're just busy. And I like, think worst about case, how, they're going to delete the email. Like totally. And like, how many emails <laughs> do I delete a day? All of them. Like I hate emails. Right. So it's like, I just was like, I never, I don't look in an email and I'm like, screw this person for trying. Like you're a terrible worker. Right. I just delete it. So I'm like, why no do one I cares as much as you do? <laughs> totally. I'm like, I'm really putting pressure. That's not there. Right. So once I started doing that and plus like, honestly, I'm lazy. So like, if I can watch real housewives while I send cold pitches, like it's just something that I got to be like the fun part of my job. Like, and I would get to connect with people and like find stuff on their page that I thought was interesting and talk to them. So right. it's definitely, it's not for everyone, but I think that if you're a copywriter, it's just what you do in the business. And like, it's honestly really fun once you get into it and you just get really, really, really thick skin from hearing no all the time. So it's a great training tool if you're anxious. Yeah, that's really awesome. I think the reason why I connected with you is because like, I, I get these emails all the time. It's not always about copywriting. It's usually about like SEO or something having to do with my website. And they always start, I got one this morning actually. And they always start with like, you're not ranking well, let me help. And I'm like, wow, thanks don't for like me. shitting on me right <laughs> away. Like, I don't want to work with you. You yeah. did not start it that way. I don't remember how you started it, but I do remember you brought up like my, my pickle, the picture of me with a pickle or something. <laughs> I was like, she actually took the time. She looked at my content. She wrote a message that makes sense and isn't putting me down. Like there's just a better way to do it than attacking totally. someone or saying what they need improvement on. And I think you do such a good job of that. <laughs> And there's like a huge conversation around that too. And like, it's like these things that you don't know are happening in industries until you get in them, but there's like ethical copywriting, a lot of conversation around that. And like, that's another big thing is like, I never wanted to feel like salesy or like judgmental. And like, I hate copy like that because there are people that make 
I mean, they're making like half a million dollars on copywriting a year and their copy is so aggressive. It's like when you go to like, kind of like finance bros pages and it's like bold text and like, you have to do this now. And like, it's, I hate reading it. It's like an eyesore. And also like you're saying, like, you don't want to open an email to be like, Hey, your website sucks. Let me help. (laughs) Like that is not the way to talk to people. And like, I would hate getting an email like that. So I think just like, how do you want to be spoken to? And also like business owners, we are all, these are our babies. Like we work so hard on them. And so I think just like seeing, there's a difference between like seeing where someone might improve or like could benefit from some help and being like, your SEO sucks. Like, this is what I can do for you. So I think just also that's like the beauty of owning your own business is you never have to work for clients who want copy like that. Like, I don't like clickbait stuff. I hate, you know, I love, love celebrity gossip could not be a celebrity copywriter because it's all (laughs) clickbait. Like it's so misleading. And so I think just like knowing how you want to write and how you want to interact with people, like you can find clients that totally align with that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. And I think I'm learning that what four and a half years into this, I'm finally starting (laughs) to like (laughs) say no to people. And when I have that gut instinct, when I'm like, oh, I don't know, this, this doesn't feel right or feel good. I I actually say no now. And I don't just dive right into it. (laughs) Yeah. Your gut is like the best radar. It never fails. I am learning that. I totally agree. (laughs) I also love everything you said about ethical copywriting, because as a designer, I work with copywriting all the time. I don't always collaborate with the copywriter, but I'll get handed the copy and then I have to put it in the, the flyer or whatever I'm, I'm making. And sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, I do not like this. And I'm, yeah. I'm weighing it. I'm like, should, like, is this important enough for me to bring up or do I just let it go? So yeah, there's so much impact with words and like it, it matters and people just get sucked into this stuff. So it's nice yeah. to have like a good head on your shoulders going in to be like, this feels off to me. Like, I don't want to participate in it. Yeah, that's super important. I love that. So thank you for, for bringing that up, even though you probably didn't need to. (laughs) I think that's really important. So we're going to get into the the fun, interesting, weird questions. So everyone's favorite question, if you were a car, what car would you be and why? Okay. I genuinely spent like days (laughs) thinking about this. My best friend like did her research. I was like, oh my gosh. I, I heard it on the podcast and I was like, I gotta have a good answer for this. And like, okay, it's kind of, it's kind of basic. Cause it's my first car, but I have a list of justifications for it. So my choice is a Pontiac Sunfire, which I don't even know what that is. I'm going to look it up right now. As you talk Okay. About it's not it. sexy. I had like a 2004, I think it's a little bit like kind of like a Ford Taurus, very long and kind oh, of it looks like my uh, Pontiac Grand Am. Exactly. It's got a very Pontiac feel like the Sunfire was true Pontiac. So I, this is my answer. So that was my first car when I was 17 and I loved her. Like she was gold. She just got me through so much in college and everything. And I just think the beauty of this car is that people underestimated her, but she just kept trucking along. She did everything she had to do. And she had so much fun during that time. And so like, if we could just all be Pontiac Sunfires and just not care about what people think about how we look, how we are, and just keep trucking along. And also I like wore out the queen greatest hits album in that car. And like, that's just a yes. vibe for business. Like if you just <laughs> listen to Freddie Mercury, Don't and stop just me now. Business, you'll be successful. So definitely a Pontiac Sunfire is my answer for that one. That's so funny. My first car was a Pontiac Grand Am and I was the fourth owner. 
and it was bright red, two doors, and it was a pain in the ass to get people in the back of that car. (laughs) And I rode that thing until it was literally rotting. And the car, the car people, like the repair people were like, you should stop driving this. This is not safe. This is unsafe for everyone. (laughs) And by that time I was like, so annoyed with the car. I was like, oh, bummer. Too bad. (laughs) Pontiacs are great first cars. Like they are reliable. They will get you where you need to go. I love that. Good answer. And (laughs) I don't even know, is this number eight, nine that I, I don't know where I'm at now with interviews, but still no repeats. Which I think wow, is fun. that's impressive. I know. I mean, in theory, there shouldn't probably be any repeats, but I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for the day. It'll be fine, but I just yeah. think it's an <laughs> I'm just happy with me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> All right. Next question. So when was the last time someone said that's so on brand for you? Or some people have trouble with this, but something like, oh, that's so you. Like, what are the times when, when that comes up? I, so do you know about human development? Do you know like the, or human design, not human development? Oh yeah. Yeah. Human design profiles. So I just started learning about them. Obviously, like I barely know the name, but I'm like just now getting into it. And I was talking to my sister about our styles and I am a projector. So I am like, if, if those of you who don't know projectors, like we are we work great in little spurts. It's like two, three hours of work a day, lots of lounging, napping. Like we're kind of seen as like the people who guide energy. So it's like, this sounds very woo woo, but I love it. So it's like, (laughs) we kind of just see where people would work best or like where things, what things would be great, but we're not really doers. We're kind of like overseers. And like, it just, I was talking to my sister about all these traits and I was like, I love naps. I love not working that much. Like I love working for two hours a day and then like telling people why I think that this would be a great idea. And like, it sounds very conceited and like probably lazy, but my sister was like, this is, this is who you are. Like you are a Leo who just is like, I'm going to work really hard in the morning. And then I'm just going to take the day off. Like it's very much how I've always wanted to run my business. And like, I feel very blessed to have a job where I can do that now because I was not the nine to five girl. Like I was not the customer service girl. And so I think just learning more about human design and just kind of how you can actually have that in your business and still be fine and still be successful. So I think just learning about that has been very on brand for me, like learning that it's okay to be a little bit more relaxed about work. Like you do not have to be a perfectionist. It will still all get done. We all should be more like that. We should reject <laughs> capitalism. I think everyone should. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> this isn't just for me. We should all be napping more, you guys. <laughs> but really, though, if you can get everything you need to get done in two, three hours for the day, yeah. then so be it. Why why do we need to force ourselves to work eight hours a day when it's not yeah. productive? It, and it just was, doesn't make sense. There was this book I was reading about like how we came to be in this like nine to five and how factories and warehouses and all this stuff totally changed our in capitalism, our opinion of like what a work day is. And I was learning that like for the longest time, anyone that had any sort of skill or craft. So like if you were making shoes, if you were a baker, if you were an artist, it was like project by project basis and no one was managing you. So it was like, I need shoes in a month. And they're like, okay, I'll see you in a month. Like no right. one was checking in on him. Like for those shoes. <laughs> Yeah. Like there was no like constant email update. It was not like, okay, this guy is going to work nine to five every day on my pair of shoes forever. Like it was very much like they work when they could, they would take time off. They would be with family, like just a whole different set of priorities. And it was like, 
only in the 1900s did we really transition into this factory style. And then we just thought every single person in the world has to be on the same schedule. And like, it's just not true, especially like people that do design or writing or anything creative, you cannot pump out stuff 24 seven. Like it's impossible. You cannot be creative 24 seven. So I think just like, I just always try and encourage as many people as possible. Like if you can scale back, you should, and you will be better off for it. Like you will be more rested, more productive and like have a way better time doing it. You're so much wiser than I was (laughs) at your point in my career. I feel like I'm just figuring all these things out now, but it's so true. My business coach, she had us do this exercise about like the ultimate perfect day and how that would look like how it would look, what we would do, who we would be with, how long we would work. And I always go back to that exercise when I'm having a tough time. I'm like, is this serving my perfect day? Or no? That's such a good thing to look back at too. Especially like yeah. all the guilt we felt for like not working nine to five. Like it's an insane, especially out of college, like college should not prepare me for oh owning God. a business. Like it has nothing to do. It's not the same skill set. Like oh. I just, I think everyone would benefit. And it's so scary to like take that step back and like not work an eight hour day. But like you said, if you can get it done in two to three hours, who are you like, who are you doing this for? If not yourself, like go relax. You will, the work will be there when you get back. Totally. Yeah. There have been so many times where I've done everything I need to by like three or 4 PM and I'm twiddling my thumbs. I'm like, well, I could like do some (laughs) things that are due in like a week, but I don't know. And then I think to myself, like, no, you, you started this business to have less time working, like stop. Yeah. (laughs) Like rejecting that like capitalist thought is, is so hard. so. So hard. I, I totally, I applaud you for even being where you are now. That's great. (laughs) It's so impressive. So in, in the same context of the last question, tell me a childhood story or something about you as a child. That's really on brand for you. I would say, okay. So I'm, I'm a Leo, as I've mentioned, and like we love attention. Like I, I love, I'm like unabashed. Like no one benefits from me hating myself. So like, I'm not going to pretend to, Heck but yeah. like I am, oh, sorry. There's an Amber alert in the area. <laughs> my phone just went off. <laughs> I hope you're okay. Um, but I, like, I have always been very overly confident and like, even in times when I shouldn't have been. And I think that that helps as like a business owner, like you really have to be confident in yourself before anyone else is. So I think when I was younger, I was in every sport possible for like two weeks. Like I hated sports, but I was like trying. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, I was the dancer. I was the theater kid was not into sports, but I joined this indoor soccer league when I was five. Oh, the best. Oh my God. I thought this was going to be my sport. It was not. I got kicked off the team (laughs) because I was like this huge arena. It was probably not that big, but I was five. So it like felt really big. And I was running down the field during games and like the slowest kid, I could not catch the ball. And I was like, that's not my lot in life. I'm never going to reach that ball. But I saw an audience and I was like, this is my moment. So I would just do full dance routines while the game was going on around me. Cause I was like, I'm never going to chase the ball. What is the point? Like, but I know where I shine. And so I would just, I would have like a cheering audience and I was like, they have to cheer. They're here. So I would just do full dance routines immediately got cut from the team. They're like, she can't be out here doing this. Like these roles are not helping us. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I would just, 
I would have like a full dance routine and like I tried softball, but I would like make bouquets from the field and like I, w- I refused to stand up. My brother did that when yeah. he <laughs> There's so many so like fun. daisies out there and dandelions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think just like really hamming it up in any situation has like been great because now I, I can pop on stories. I'm never shy. Like I can do reels and that sort of thing. But I think just like really being true to myself as a kid is like, I'm never going to be a soccer player. I'm never going to be the sports girl. That was my vibe as a kid. Good for you. I feel like all parents, I mean, I'm not going to judge parents for this, but I feel like we all are like kind of forced to try sports when we're younger. And I feel like for a lot of kids that could be kind of traumatizing. God, it was not for me. Like I, and like everyone was so good at sports that I was on the team with too. And I was just like, that's not me. (laughs) Like I'm a theater kid. I was not, I was never going to be that fun, that good at sports. So (laughs) that's great though. I, I wish I I could have done theater. I still wonder because I love I'm not a good singer, but I love singing and I love music and I love musicals. I'm like, I feel like my oh, life could have gone like it. a total different direction if I had just like tried theater or exposed myself to acting or something. I think could you know, my dad is in his 60s and he's like just now getting into acting and oh he God. loves it and like singing. So I just I just feel like it's never too late if you and like local theater and stuff like community theater is so fun and like such a good place to start. So do it. If you want to, you should definitely go for it. If I had all the money in the world and I already gave it to the poor and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but if Charity's I just like, had a lot of money, um <laughs> I would totally spend it on like singing lessons which I think is a weird thing to spend it on but I always think about that I'm like I want to be a good singer it'd be so fun yeah I feel like if you can sing you'd never be bored like yeah I would just in the car in the shower like if I could actually carry a tune I'd be entertained forever so I don't think it's a waste of money at all great (laughs) I'm glad you approve (laughs) we'll look into that yeah all right (laughs) yeah keep you posted on your journey (laughs) (laughs) my singing journey um all right so last question when I say the funniest thing that you've ever witnessed, what comes to mind? Okay. I love this question. And this was, it was like the most awkward thing I've ever witnessed, but like, I laugh. Those are always the best. Oh my God. So I went to community college before I went to my university and grad school. And I was there, I did like the running start program in high school where like you go for like class credit for high school. And I was in the library with my friends and it's this huge, like three-story library, dead silent in there, like as college libraries are, they're so quiet. And all of a sudden I hear the like reflection song from the Mulan soundtrack. Oh my God. But like, it's like a girl singing it. And I was like, like looking around, like imagine a dead quiet library during finals and you just hear the reflection People song. People are like, who is that? <laughs> yeah. And I, so I was like looking around, like my friends and I are giggling and like up by the computer, there's like a computer lab station. This girl is just belting the Mulan soundtrack, which like is funny. And the librarian goes like, Hey, can you like, you know, she had earbuds in. She's like, we got people studying. So she's like, Oh, sorry. Thought that was the end of it. Like two minutes later, she starts up again and she just like belting in the library. And like, genuinely like she's not laughing she is like so into it and like this librarian is getting pissed and it was like three or four times she just kept going back and the librarian was like you're gonna have to leave and like she did not care and it was just like the bravest thing I've ever seen someone do like 
college is just such a vulnerable time for people and like yeah. she was just belting out the sound so, yeah just like in his dead silent library this girl's just like singing her heart out to the reflection song and like no cares that she was getting in trouble and like she just I think it was like four or five times she finally stopped and like got the message but I just I love that memory <laughs> so funny was she good at singing no <laughs> oh that's so much better it's like it's even braver like yeah. good for her for doing it but like it wasn't even like we were all standing around like oh my god this we didn't know she could sing it was like yeah, like everyone's like not. you're an angel <laughs> like, who is that okay okay <laughs> get her on american idols yeah yeah, yeah it wasn't like her like movie moment for sure but it was a moment <laughs> different kind of movie moment yeah <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my God. It's always like the, the little random moments that come into my head when I have that question. I'm like, Oh my God. It's yeah. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Okay. So that's all my questions for you. This has been really fun. Yeah. This has been so, fun. so much. Uh, before we end, I want to make sure that people know where to find you and connect with you. And if there's anything that you want to promote, anything like that. And I'll put everything in the, the show notes too. So you don't have to like spell anything out or anything. Oh, awesome. So, okay. My website is uh, KimberlyHaney.com and it's K-Y-M-B-E-R. So Kimberly, but just put a Y where the I is. And same on my Instagram, Kimberly Heaney. And then I'm also on TikTok at Kimichanga, like a chimichanga. So... Oh. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, people get really, they think that's so, I wish I came up with that. My friends gave me that nickname like forever ago, but. Thank you, friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And so what, what kinds of projects or clients are you looking for in the new year? Cause this is going to come out in January. Oh, okay. Oh, it's so exciting. Um, so I am looking honestly to work with smaller brands right now. So like photographers, realtors, coaches, anyone kind of in like the solo entrepreneurship realm. Um, and I do website copy, email copy and blog writing, but I'm also, if you have something you need copy for, like, tell me, I can figure it out. So I'm totally open to new copy projects, but mostly I do like website and blogging and that sort of stuff. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So exciting. I can't yeah, believe it's already, you. I mean, when people listen, it's going to be 2022, but we're recording in December. I can't believe it's, oh my it's God, ending. The year lose. is ending. 2021 so. was a blur, man. I feel like we all <laughs> did a lot of work on ourselves. <laughs> I know it, it sure was. I can definitely agree with that. Um, so yeah, again, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for yeah. emailing me randomly. That was, oh my gosh, best. thanks for seeing friends. This has been so fun. <laughs> I have loved connecting with you and yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to, to promote your business and get you some more clients. So thanks. Thanks for having me on. This is so fun. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, I always, and I'm like, see you guys next week, but you'll hear me next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'll see you on Instagram in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good day. <laughs> Bye, you too. Bye.